Well, I'm going to get started today with a question that I want you to think about and to consider. It's uh, not deeply theological, so don't worry. Um, Here's the question. What's a food that's hard for you to resist? So what's a food that if it's in the house, like, it's going to be a problem? Or if someone leaves it out on the counter, you know you're probably going to eat too much. Now, as you're thinking about that answer, just so that I know that you're playing along, I want you to share your answer with someone that you can speak to sitting next to you. What's a food that's hard for you to resist? Go ahead, share. I'm wondering if a few people might be willing to just kind of audibly share what they shared, their answer, anyone? Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. That, that is a temptation right there. Chocolate and peanut butter together. Oreos. Yeah, Oreos. Anything my wife buys that is specifically for the child. <laughs> Anything his wife buys that's specifically for the child, he enjoys. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Yeah, um, I have, like maybe some of you, a lot of answers to this question. Um, Anyone ever have the jalapeno artichoke dip uh, from Sam's Club? Okay, if you haven't, don't buy it, because it is very hard to stop eating. Uh, On the other end of the taste spectrum, uh, my wife Carrie makes uh, this, this carrot cake, and the carrot cake is good, but what gets me is the cream cheese frosting on top. And let's just say this, I'm glad that she doesn't make it too often because I cannot stop eating that stuff. Anyone choose broccoli? (laughs) Probably not. Kale, yeah, that's like the worst probably tasting lettuce that there is. Um, You know, there's this rule about food, I think, that if it tastes good and you want to eat it a lot, it's probably not good for you. And then if it doesn't taste so good, it's the stuff you're supposed to eat a lot of. I think I'm going to ask God about that someday in heaven and why he created things that way. But the, the reason why I'm talking about this is because the topic we're digging into has some correlation. The topic we're going to dig into in part four of Rumble Strips is this. Gossip. Now, how does that have to do with my wife's carrot cake with the cream cheese frosting, okay? Well, about 900 years before Jesus was born, uh, there was one of the wisest men who had ever lived. His name was Solomon. And he wrote this book called Proverbs that was filled with a whole bunch of, of just wisdom. I, in fact, highly recommended. So much direction for what um, living a godly life looks like. And here's what he writes in Proverbs chapter 18. It says that the words of a gossip are like jalapeno artichoke dip are like carrot cake. They go down to the inmost parts. What Solomon points out is probably something that you have noticed or recognized before. That, that gossip or you know, juicy information about someone is very alluring. 
It's something that for some reason we gravitate towards. But just like eating too much of the wrong thing can stick with you a little bit, Solomon also points out in that verse that this gossip goes down to the inmost parts. It can harm us. It can cause us problems. It can cause problems with the the people around us. So, it's good to have some rumble strips around this topic. In fact, it's been quite eye-opening for me as I've had sort of more of a laser focus on this topic over the last week, week and a half. But before we dig into it, maybe it'd be good to just define specifically what we're talking about. What is gossip? I'm going to define it as simply as possible this way, speaking negatively about someone behind their back. Now, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Gossip is not necessarily lies. They can be, gossip can be true, but it is speaking negatively about someone when they're not in the room. And there are some caveats to this, because, and I think this is important as we hopefully don't get convicted about something that isn't necessarily gossip. So, for instance, let's say you're going to counseling or you're, you're going to talk with a pastor and you need to speak about your past and about something negative that happened to you that someone did to you um, or happened around you. That's not gossip. Um, that's working towards a solution. Or if you're part of... Uh, work management, and there's a worker that is just not doing what they're supposed to do, you can talk as management about that person, not just to run their reputation through the ringer, but to talk through a way to to grow that person, to help your business. That's not wrong. If you're a parent, or again, if you're, you're a pastor, or if you're an authority figure that is trying to help someone, and you need to talk through it with someone, in an effort to be able to help them, not in an effort to slander them or to gossip about them, there are times where this is okay. But for the most part, the most simple way to think about it is it's speaking negatively about someone behind their back. Now, as as I've been thinking about this topic, like I said, for the last week, it's kind of become to me like a manual clock is in a room where for most of the time you don't even think about it, but then when you really focus in on the clock, you can kind of hear it tick in the background. And that's kind of what's happened to me as well. As, as I've, I've thought about this topic, as I've thought about what God's will for us is in this area, like gossip is, it, it's everywhere. I, I have found that most of our news, and it depends on what channel you're watching, of course, but so much of our news today is not news. It's gossiping about people or about politicians or celebrities. Uh, celebrity gossip is a multi-billion dollar industry in the United States. And then just think about the different conversations that we have, where in many cases, we're maybe not even intentionally trying to to hurt anyone, but how often, for no good reason, are we talking negatively about people who aren't in the room or behind their back? 
Um, gossip is something that is in so many different places. The other thing that I thought about as I prepared for the message today is that there are some messages that are right. And, and I just think, you know what? This truth today is going to be so uplifting for everyone. And there is going to be some uplifting parts to this message, but it's not going to be tremendously uplifting. And yet, as I thought about it and how much we just kind of ignore this topic, I wonder if not, this might be one of the more important sermons that I've preached or shared in a while. So, the other thing for today is we're not going to dig into just one section of scripture. Um, I'm going to take you to a lot of different places as we unpack, uh, unpack gossip. But let's start this way with our first fill-in for today, that the result of gossip is destructive. The result of gossip is destructive. And again, when you think about talking negatively about someone behind their back, like, I don't know that you needed me to tell you that this is not good. But with as often as it can happen, accidentally or on purpose, I also wonder that even for Christians, we know it's not good, but we also in some way think, well, it's not that bad either. <laughs> and then I came across this verse that uh, Paul wrote to uh, some Roman Christians. And he was describing a group of people who had totally turned their back on God. And he then went on to describe what they looked like and what they did. In Romans chapter 1, Paul writes, They, these people who have totally ignored God and walked away from him, have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, and God-haters. And it struck me so much that sandwiched right in between wickedness, evil, murder, and God-hating is gossip. So this is a big deal. It is something that is so good for us to take some time to hit those rumble strips today to consider what type of ditch that we can get into if we're not aware of what God wants to teach us. So a couple things to think about, about the, the, the harm or why God would direct us away from gossip. The first simply is this, that gossip hurts people. Do you know that... Um, one of the most important things that a person has is their reputation. Solomon in Proverbs, again, writes, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. It made me think about something that uh, happened, I think it's been 20 years ago or so now, so you have to be of a certain vintage to remember this. And I won't use the name of the restaurant because I don't want to gossip this morning. But about 20 years ago or so, there was a news report that a certain restaurant in their chili was found a human finger. Anyone remember this? Yeah. And eventually it was found out like it was all a hoax and it wasn't true. 
but I didn't want to eat there for a while. And when you look back on it, they lost millions of dollars because not only a person, but also in this case a restaurant, a reputation is very important. And God wants us to realize that when we speak about people who aren't in the room, even if these things are true, that we need to be careful so as to not ruin their reputation. In fact, uh, Jesus actually gave us the better thing to do. When someone is in a sin, or even if someone has hurt us, this is great direction. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, don't talk behind their back, but if your brother or sister sins, if, they, if they've hurt you, or, or if they're in a sin, if they need some help, if they need some direction, I'm going to expand that a little bit. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. If you're worried about something that's happening, go talk to them about it. If there's something or a direction someone's going that's going to harm them or their family in some way, instead of you know, talking about it, with a a whole bunch of people who know them, what would happen? I know what would happen, good things. What would happen if we'd go and talk to them about it and choose our words carefully and talk kindly? But what a blessing that would be. If they listen to you, you've, you've won them over. And Jesus continued after that with some other don't listen to you, but it all had to do with talking to them directly. So gossip is destructive because it hurts people. Also, gossip is destructive because it hurts um, relationships. Maybe you've seen this before. Maybe it's been something that you've experienced. But when, when people talk about something private about you to other people, it, it certainly does not build that relationship. And in fact, um, one of the things, and praise God, this has not happened at North Cross, and I pray that it it never will, but one of the things over the years that has become some of the most divisive things, even in churches, in church bodies, amongst Christians, has been gossip and how it can just split people and cause difficulty and harm in relationships and, and, and break them apart. It truly is a dangerous, destructive thing. Now, as as I was thinking about this one and how it can affect relationships, I thought about this time when Jesus was talking about you in his prayer when we weren't in the room. And he wasn't gossiping about us. But the night before he died, Jesus is praying for his disciples. And then he prays for us. In John chapter 17, he says, I, this is Jesus, I pray also for those who will believe in me. That's you and me. That's the the church since Jesus died and rose again. For those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them, my people, may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. The thing that Jesus prays for about us would be that we're united, that that we are together. And there's a lot of different facets to that. But obviously, one of the things that will destroy that 
is gossip, Solomon tells us, right? In fact, may they also be in us, go back for a second, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And if you kept reading his prayer, what you would recognize is that Jesus makes mention that the thing that the world will recognize about his people, one of those things is love shown in unity, love shown in love for each other. Solomon writes in in Proverbs, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Gossip's destructive, isn't it? It can cause harm. So the question that I think is good for us to think about today is, is why do we do it then? And as I ran through the lens in my own personal life, um, I'm thinking some of this is true for you as well. Sometimes we do it and there's not anything specifically vindictive about it. We just don't think about it. It's all around us and we don't think about the things that we should talk about and the things that we shouldn't talk about. And that's why In one case, that's why this message and this time together this morning is so important, so that we do think about it, that we do consider what we are um, talking about. But uh, there can be another reason why we gossip, and you kind of have to dig a little bit. Uh, In fact, maybe I can illustrate it this way. A couple weeks ago, uh, Carrie and I were looking out our back window into the backyard, and we have a number of large oak trees. And one of the large oak trees that has a trunk probably about this big around snapped right in the middle of the big trunk. Now, I've seen trees snap like on the smaller limbs, but it snapped right in the middle. Like, this is not normal. So walk out there, take a look from behind where it had split or snapped, and almost the entire trunk was empty, was hollow, had been eaten out over years by bugs. And so what you saw on the outside was just a result of stuff going on on the inside. When Jesus talks about the words that come out of our mouth, and it's not just gossip he's talking about here, Um, any types of words, whether they're angry words or kind words, whether they're swear words or praise God words, no matter what words come out of our mouth, Jesus says that the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. That what you hear is indicative of what's going on on the inside. And I think there are multiple answers to the question as to what is going on on the inside that would cause us to speak badly of people on the outside. But maybe some of those things um, might be that um, it makes us who might not feel good about ourselves feel a little bit better to bring up other people's problems. 
Or maybe we've been hurt by someone, and so the way to get back at them is to speak badly about them, something going on in our hearts, unforgiveness. Or maybe it's just that we, we know that gossip goes over well and we kind of enjoy being listened to and being heard and having the news that other people don't have. And so that's how it shows. We're looking for validation a little bit, but it's still something going on in our hearts. I don't know if I've ever thought about it this way until I really dug into it this week. But a lot of the gossip that comes out of our mouth is for this reason, that the cause of gossip is in our hearts. The cause of gossip is in our hearts, and along with that, it also comes from this place of feeling empty, that we, we want to try to fill that emptiness in our hearts, that need for something, validation, unforgiveness, whatever it is, feeling hurt or burnt, filling it by speaking about other people in a way that isn't good. And as I, I thought about this too, I think there's a much bigger picture here that I think is important for us to talk about today is that um, we don't just try to fill the empty with gossip. But I think that we find ourselves a lot, trying a lot of things to fill our empty. And when we try to fill them with anything but Jesus and what he has done for us, it will eventually lead us into not a good place. That's true with gossip, but it's true with other things too. Um, I thought about that uh, Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. And uh, if you remember, she and Jesus met at a place in Samaria called Sychar at a, at a well. And uh, what she brought with her was an empty bucket that she was going to fill with water. But come to find out as you read through that the empty bucket was just symbolic of a larger emptiness that she had in her heart. That this woman had been burnt in the past. We don't even know all of her history. But we do know that she was looking for validation and acceptance in men. She was trying, she felt an emptiness. She was trying to fill it with the love of men. And Jesus pointed out to her in a very direct way, how's that working for you? And she knew that it didn't, that it wasn't. You and I, what do we sometimes try to fill the empty with? Jalapeno artichoke dip. Or maybe it's alcohol. Or maybe it's pornography. Or maybe it's a person. A spouse, they're blessings. They can't on their own fill your empty. Success or work, blessings. They don't fill empty. Things bigger and better are stuff, great things. Don't feel bad for having nice things, but they will not fill our empty. Do you know who does? Only Jesus. Only Jesus does. 
Jesus fills the emptiness that gossip never will. And that's exactly kind of what Jesus led the Samaritan woman to realize in, uh, as he talked with her towards the end of their time together. He tells her that everyone who drinks this water that I'm going to fill your bucket with, they'll be thirsty again because it doesn't ultimately satisfy or quench your thirst. But whoever drinks the water I give, whoever has me in their life, they have all they need. They won't thirst again. In Jesus, we have what we need to fill that empty. Through his, his life, death, and resurrection, um, he doesn't give us all the, the stuff on earth that we want, but he gives us the most important things that when we think about it, even in our most anxious moments, even in our most difficult times, even in the middle of the, the diagnosis that we were not looking for or thinking about, we have what we need. Forgiveness, heaven, hope, and a future all because of what Jesus did for us. You know, I, I was thinking about all the, the words over the time of my life that I wish I could take back, things that I wish I could have said differently or not said at all. And I thought about all the words that were leveled towards Jesus over his life, all the insults that were said behind his back, the Jewish leaders thought that he was a liar, a deceiver. He went home to Nazareth and they thought he was a fraud. During his death, during the flogging, people are shouting things at him. And, and Peter, one of his disciples, he writes this, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to his father, the one who judges justly. Jesus was who we could not be and who we are not in our place, and we get to receive what he earned for us, forgiveness, even for gossiping, even for mouths that say things that we shouldn't say. We have forgiveness. And in fact, in another way that I, I thought about this and thought about what Jesus is doing for us, um, this, this interesting this interesting verse that John writes, he says, if anybody sins, we have an advocate right now with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Get this. So Jesus knows and sees all that we do. And in the way that the Trinity works that I can't fully understand, Jesus talks to the Father when he sees that we're screwing up. But you know what he doesn't do? He doesn't, did you look at that. You see what they're doing? Can you believe what Ben just said? Instead, he's advocating for us. He's, he's reminding the father, although the father doesn't need reminding, but he's telling the father, I died for him. He's my child. She is mine. She's forgiven over and over again. Maybe I'll say it this way, that instead of using his words to accuse Jesus used his life to redeem. So, as we think about where to go from here, 
I suppose the easy application would be this. Don't talk about people negatively behind their back. Stop gossiping. And, and that's a good application. I love how Paul writes about our words. To the Ephesian Christians, he writes this. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit them and those who listen. Number four, view your words as an opportunity, as a tool to build people up. What if, before we spoke about other people, or before we spoke to people, we thought for a moment, the words that I have, they're like an instrument. They're like a tool. And I can use them either to tear down. Parents, we need to remember this too. When we are in the middle of just you know, being very emotional about something happened, we can have a, a hard conversation with our kids, but I have found it's good to just pause for a moment. How can I say that same truth in a way that will not just tear down, but that will also build up? Because our words, um, I think the best way to think about it, our words are like a hammer, right? And if you just start swinging a hammer around, hitting the wall, that instrument that can build can also cause there to be holes in the drywall and tear down. It just depends how we use it. But if you think about using that hammer, and if you use it well, and you hit the nail on the head, what an instrument to help build. So it is, my friends, with our words. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we, uh, we have opportunities every single day to speak to people and to speak about people. And Lord, may, may we be on the lookout for, for things to praise people about. May, may we think about before we send that email or before we talk about someone to, to consider, does this need to be said? Is this going to be helpful? And, and may we refrain from speaking negatively about people for no good reason. Lord, when the, it is time to have some difficult conversations, when we need to consider how to, to best help someone out, Lord, may, may the overriding emotion that we have be love. May we reflect the love that you showed to us in how we act, interact, and how we speak about others. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.